On this week's episode of Third Party Control Podcast, we talk about the newly released tracks for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, the announcement of the quarry from Supermassive Games, the people who brought you Until Dawn, and we talk about some of the best bad guys in video games. What do we choose? Find out on this week's episode of Third Party Control Podcast. Let's get it going. Welcome to Third Party Controller Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse P.S. Libra with... The bad guy, Beto Esparza. Fuck. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. I'm wearing wearing the hat, dude. (laughs) Fuck you still. I'm really mad. And... Jarmers. Welcome, everyone, to another week of Third Party Controller Podcast, the podcast you come to for all the video game news, topics, all the good stuff you come for. And right now, if you guys know, and I was actually going to bring it up... Bethel's wearing the hat, but recently, this past week, Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, passed away. And Joe, Bethel, are huge fans. And uh, mm-hmm. Bethel's wearing a Razor Ramon hat. Yeah. And I wanted to take this time to talk about, you know, his passing. Because we were, we were kind of watching a little documentary right now mm-hmm. before the show started. And then has Bethel... <laughs> Bethel did with his introduction stolen and <laughs> but uh, uh i wanted you guys uh to share a little bit of a uh, mr razor ramon he was badass dude yeah well like I, I i've been watching i watched uh, i've been watching wrestling since the 80s right mm-hmm. i probably don't watch as much now mm-hmm. it's just you know a lot of it's not really for me anymore yeah um i prefer specific type um but i still i mean i, I, I watch you know Stuff here and there, um, but um, yeah, growing up like '80s and then like '90s and then Attitude there, I watched all that shit hardcore. So like Razor mm-hmm. Ramon, Scott Hall, like I watched from the beginning, and then like his whole like transition into the WCW, the New World Order, this guy going back to Scott Hall and all that stuff, man. I was, I was grew up watching that, you know. That mm-hmm. was like 1920. I was like fucking 18, probably yeah. at the time watching all of that coming up when it all got super hot like everyone was like it was cool to watch wrestling you know and uh always one of my favorite characters man i loved the character you know mm-hmm. was like even though i shouldn't have been was like really shocked when i found out like wow he's not cuban yeah <laughs> i was like he's not latin yeah. i'm like what the fuck is going on here my world is shattered give that man an oscar yeah. <laughs> i was like he's a great actor yeah uh yeah so uh uh but nah, man. Like, yeah. But like, it's his case, his situation, though. Not that I, I don't know what, what, like, I know he didn't. It wasn't doing well. But like, like it's documented. He lived a very hard life. Yeah. He did a lot of drugs. He drank a lot. You know, even a few years ago, it didn't even look like he was gonna live. Like, yeah. Like he kind of got a new lease on life. Probably extended his life. Like getting somewhat, and he, when he 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 still wasn't like great. But like he was much better than he was, but uh, that at last I'd heard, but probably did something to extend his life a little bit, uh-huh. and that was you know that was good because you know like you know he went through a lot of shit and you know a lot of people for a long time he was kind of known as an asshole and 
deservedly so from what I've heard from like, you know, all of the alcohol and stuff like that and mm -hmm. things he do. But it's cool to see, you know, like, you know, like he had some kind of at least like, I don't say closure, but like kind of redeemed himself a, a little bit, you know, yeah. I don't think, you know, someone like him, even he would probably tell you he'll never fully redeem himself, but like kind of got somewhere got, got to give back a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, he was, he was, he was, he was fucking cool. Yeah. He was like one of the, like, he's like the first kind of like, and, and he called himself the bad guy, but it was like the first kind of like the first bad guy, like, like back in the day that you were like, yeah, this is like precursor to like Stone Cold. Yeah. That's when it, all of a sudden yeah. it was like, it's really cool to like these bad guys. Like, at least for me as a kid, I was like, fuck man, this guy's badass. He's really, really cool. You mm -hmm. know, like there's others I like too, but like he was kind of like the full on first, like he's kind of an asshole still, even when yeah. he was, you know, but he's like, he's like, he's. He, I want to be like him, <laughs> and um, but yeah, like um, and like I, like I love that quote. I don't know if you've seen the quote from the Hall of Fame. What? Yeah, his Hall of Fame quote is like it's the last quote he does, and it, you can find it on uh, on uh, Instagram or just fucking YouTube. Everyone's reposting it because it's like it's a hard work pays off, dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do. And that's really fucking cool. And he did that. And yeah, yeah well, fucking probably. I don't. He had no fucking papers. Yeah, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't write it down because you know yeah. guys like those like those guys don't write their shit. Yeah. Down. Uh -huh. But I was like, when he that was his Hall of Fame induction. I was like, like when you hear that now, you're like, it's fucking really cool. Like even even like. Then uh, to that point, he was like, he still say shit that I was like, like that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> that should go like on his tombstone. <laughs> I, I mean, I ain't fucking yeah. killing. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, same. Like I, I fucking loved him. Like I, I was in, uh, um, I was in Razor Rome because like the same thing. I was like, oh, he's a, la a Latino in, in wrestling. <laughs> like there when when there was really no big uh, Latino wrestler, mm -hmm. wrestlers back then. So it was cool to see someone someone like be represented <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he, he basically earned his yeah he's gotten his card he's 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 one <laughs> yeah, of us no, he, <laughs> he earned it someone uh, fuck, who was it someone on twitter was just like no matter what he's honorary like latino like, yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't <laughs> top matter. latin wrestlers of all time yeah eddie guerrero <laughs> razor ramon <laughs> ray mysterio yeah. that's it that's it <laughs> Yeah, like I was thinking about it a couple of weeks ago. I was like, like if if I were to relive a a point in my life, I'd be like I'd relive that whole like when I was a kid growing up watching and being obsessed over wrestling because mm -hmm. that was that was a fun time for me. Like fucking watching, staying up late watching Raw. Uh, so uh, yeah, man, it's 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 it sucks, but he he actually lived way longer than he should have because yeah. all the I mean he was. It's so, funny how time so time circles. Because I remember being a kid, like, st trying to stay up late to watch Raw yeah. or watch late night wrestling. Yeah. And now I'm 40 and still not having a hard time. Even if there is something to watch that <laughs> night, like, yeah. try. Oh, I don't think I can make it. Yeah, yeah it, gets, it gets tough. Even, like, AEW, because I, like, I go to work kind of early and I try to watch it. I'm like, damn, I got to go to sleep soon. Yeah, thank <laughs> God for East Coast feeds. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that saves me now. But, yeah, man, it's it's... It sucks. Yeah. I, I've i always said on this show, like, I never was super into wrestling, mm -hmm. but everyone I knew who were friends, cousins, like my cousin Ricky's, everyone I knew was into wrestling. So I got to know who these people were, 
but I never knew like everything. So like if any if anything happened, we're like, oh, this legendary match or this. I remember hearing it, never watched it. And a lot of the times I would watch it here when Joe, when the WWE Network was on, on there, Joe would put stuff on and I'd be like, oh, this is what people were talking about when I was a kid. But I never seeked it out. I never seeked it out, but I knew who people were. You know, I was able to go like, okay, that's, you know, if I saw anything in the video game, I know who, you know, Triple H was. Stone Cold <laughs> Mankind. You no, know, Stone Cold Mankind. Like, around the Attitude Era, yeah. I knew that. I mean, everyone knew who Sable was in my school when I was Puppies, a kid. Yeah. yeah, all that shit. And and Razor Ramon was just something that I, you, I, every time I think of him, I think of you, but I also think of Manuel. Manuel, a.k.a. <laughs> the guy who created our uh, What's Up Full Song, a.k.a. one of Joe's best friends. And when, when Scott Hall passed away, Razor Ramon, my first thought was, oh, Manuel. Because <laughs> four or five years ago, Manuel did a New Year's video on his Instagram, and he had a Razor Ramon uh, a poster on his wall at his house. And it, it just, like, like, it always stuck with me. So, like, Razor Ramon was always attached for the past couple of years with Manuel. Yeah. He fucking lo- Yeah, he liked him. You know, he, like, Ultimate Warrior. That's good. Matter of fact, when... It was this, yeah, like, because it was this week, you know, I, I moved to a, in, into an office now, uh-huh. and um, he, he'll come by, and sure enough, he was like, hey, he's like, hey, big homie, he's all, did you hear the news? <laughs> he was already like, I'm all, yeah, man, he's like, oh, he passed away. I'm like, he did? Because at that point, he was still, like, waiting to get, mm-hmm. they were support. taking off the life support, yeah. and I was like, did it? And he's like, yeah, and I'm like, damn. So, yeah, it was, he was one of the, he was the first one. We were all like, oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, I was. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Like he, everything he was going through, and people were just like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know," you know, like weren't sure if he was gone yet. He lasted. They said I took him off life support, and he was up for like four or five hours. He still fucking stayed alive. Like after they took him off, he just yeah. I mean, they knew he was gonna go, but he fought. Crazy. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eventually get WWE 2K22 and download the. And I'm gonna win. One. I'm gonna win yes. FM. Download it? I don't know. It's probably what it'll, it'll do. No, I think it's the NWO shit the that you have Razor Ramon or the Scott Hall Legacy Pack where it's all like, <laughs> every version of him. Damn. <laughs> I just pay for the $120 version that gets you everything, right? <laughs> but that's NWO after, so you have to it. That's just the first, like... Or well, season one? First pack Fuck. of DLC. <laughs> shit. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how to end it. I love that. I mean, it's sad. Look, it's yeah. that he he dies, mm-hmm. but I mean, he his fucking legacy is gonna live on. Like people are gonna be able to fucking watch all the shit that he did. So mm-hmm. it's fucking cool that 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 we can yeah. see that and go back to it. I it's think that's awesome. that's what it sucks. But what's cool is you're just seeing all the outpouring yeah. of love, mm-hmm. and then everybody's posting something. I just showed you guys earlier that someone posted, and it was cool. My guess it was like a VHS tape for one of the WrestleMania games. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, Razor Ramon saying, hey, man, hey, Chico, mm-hmm. you want to do my moves on the Sega Genesis? It's A, B, C to do the Razor Ramon flex or something. And then <laughs> on Super Nintendo. They, and then Joe. Think about it, though. Yeah. That's well, probably a fucking VHS they sold yeah. to yeah. people. Be like, yeah, man, buy this VHS. And we'll give you the tips and tricks. Only fourteen ninety five. Like ten minutes long. Yeah. But what what was what made me think that like what made me enjoy that seeing someone repost it was I don't think I ever talked about it here on the show, 
but I was hearing a video. Um, I watched a video with Super Eyepatch Wolf and Matt McMuscles, and they were going through the earliest wrestling games all the way up to like the end of PlayStation 1. And they're going through each one and talking about it. And they were talking about, there was one, I think it was a PS1 version where every, every person you can select, whether it's the Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, everyone, if you highlighted their character, a video would play like, hey, pick me, pick me. And there were some wrestlers that knew what they were doing and they were into it. Like, hey, man, you know, like Razor Ramon was probably like, hey, Chico, you pick me if you want the best. You know, like really selling it. You know, Hulk Hogan really selling it. Ultimate Warrior and other people just like, pick me, man. You know, like they didn't fucking give a shit. Because, you know, and especially back then, they didn't just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah. But like it, it was cool just to see that and how much he actually put into it. And he was still playing his role, playing his character. To this day, was considered to. one of the best minds for the business. Like, like if yeah. he, they, everyone always said, like, if he could have kept his his demons in check, mm-hmm. he would have been like a producer. He would have been someone to like one of those minds that could still be, you know, going part today. of the yeah. industry, helping. You know, it's really fucking cool too. And I didn't, I didn't actually know this until I was on Reddit the other day. I, I think I did know this. No, I won't lie. Like, I think I did, but I, I may have forgotten it. But I, when I was, it was like, oh, fuck, that's right. Him and Scott Hall were the outsiders in WCW. Yeah. Okay. On TV and everything, they'd come out to the NWO music or the Wolfpack music. They had their own fucking themes and shit like that. I was, I'd heard um, for house shows, him and Scott Hall, or if it was just him or him and Scott Hall, they'd come out to fucking uh, the Fuji's Ready or Not. Oh yeah, I heard yeah. about the. I did, I, because they wouldn't, because, and they knew they weren't gonna pay. They they didn't they because at house shows they could because they weren't being recorded. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know they didn't have to worry about that. They, that was like their unofficial theme, so they would come out to that song. Yeah, and there's a video of ECW, of him doing a, an appearance at ECW, and he came out to that to Ready or oh, Not. Oh, was that's what it was ECW. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah, they were saying like for house shows and shit like that that weren't recorded, they'd come out to that, and I was like, "Fuck, that's so cool!" Because they literally <laughs> made like the NWO and them together made like it was fucking the gangster rap version of wrestling. Uh-huh. They embraced all of that shit. Like they embraced gangster rap. That was at yeah. that era where, and it was like it went hand in hand. It was like, "What the yeah. F-? like, yeah." So I mean, it's like, and if the Fuji's aren't gangster rap, but I mean, it was still like of the time. Yeah. That's, like, that's a was, hard fucking song. It was, yeah, that's yeah. a hard song. It was like, man, it was urban. <laughs> sure, and so that was so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Just another, another way they were just forward thinking and like that, you know, like it was just like to come out to shit like that or do stuff like that where it's like it's a house show, play the song. Yeah, yeah like one thing, uh, uh, Steve, he he posted up a video of uh, a couple months ago, like a month ago, of uh, Al Snow coming out to the Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ECW like, used to come out that. Holy shit! Like, that entrance was, like, was fucking insane. The fucking was, heads yeah, and the lighting is like. Have you ever seen it? It's fucking awesome, yeah. When he posted dude. it, yeah. yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Like it was almost dangerous. Like how fucking song. crazy. It, it's a great song, but like when you'd see the people go nuts and the lights and everything, you're like, fuck, someone's gonna get hurt because <laughs> they just lose their shit. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a so, small snippet because it was only like it. He was like such a fucking like. Also, it was like such a lightning bolt there where yeah. it got over so huge and then he was back in WWE like that. <laughs> that it was so fucking crazy. But like, yeah, if you watch it open, you're like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? They're throwing the fucking mannequin heads in the ring. <laughs> Just fucking so awesome. fucking crazy. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's like, like I said, like he was... Uh, not just a pioneer, but like really was a forward thinker when it came to stuff like that. It was, you know... Yeah, his legacy is, is in wrestling, personal life, you know, 
you can uh, you can dissect that all you want. You can do that to any fucking celebrity or mm-hmm. quasi sports figure. You know, there's always two sides to the coin, right? There's what they did in their professional career and the outside of it, right? His professional career, what he did is, in my opinion, it's set in stone. It's untouched. You know? Some people like to be like, well, what he did in his personal life. I'm like, sure. But that could go for anybody, you know? Yeah. But what he did, you know, speaks for itself. Get to it, Beto. Hey, so fuck. Have you gotten far? <laughs> I mean, not, I'm like 80 hours in, dude. But have you gotten like far into the game? I beat barely two bosses. Yeah. I mean, a lot of mini bosses, so but two I bosses. I will tell you. <laughs> that, is the ex- that is the exact reason why as much as I want to get into that game, I won't. Because uh-huh. I've already experienced it with Dark, with uh, Demon Souls, yeah. uh-huh. Dark Souls, yeah. and Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Love those games. Mm. And I got like probably like five fucking bosses deep in Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. And Father Gascoigne or Gascoigne or I don't know how the fucking say his name. Mm. Do you remember him? No. Yeah. You ever get I never played it. That guy was fucking hard. That's mm-hmm. one of the toughest fucking boss fights I've ever been a part mm-hmm. of. And like, I somehow beat that. And I was already like, when I beat that character and I started reading up on how difficult, like how much of a, a, a difficulty spike in Bloodborne that was, I was like, yeah, I'm done with the game. <laughs> Cause I was like, I, at this point it's like, it, it gets harder than this. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But I did actually beat a couple of their bosses in that game, and I was like, you know, was proud of myself. Yeah. And if I had the time to commit to a game like that, mm-hmm. I would, but like... Now, do you say you don't have the time because your time is committed to Madden? Because you, you put time into Madden. I don't have time to sit in front of a TV for three to four hours to figure out something. I do have time for Madden, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I know Madden, yeah. right? And every year now of Madden, it's just adding more knowledge to the bank, uh-huh. and like I can play and I get I, I get by, right? How, yeah. Um, with a game like that, mm-hmm. not relearning. Like, quick question. Sorry, but man. every just just oh, just just yeah. to finish, every one of those games has its rules, mm-hmm. right? And even for me, it's very difficult to follow those rules. Yeah. If you follow the rules of those games, mm-hmm. you'll do great. Mm-hmm. And that's I think the biggest thing that the misconception that people go like. This game is difficult. It's yeah. just hard. It's hard because you have an expectation going into the game of how it should be done. And 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 other games have hand held your hand through stuff like that. These games don't. 
these mm-hmm. games go these are the rules follow the rules and you're gonna do okay and it's yeah. true yeah you'll do fine uh-huh. um but that's the hard thing is mm-hmm. training yourself to follow those rules yeah. i learned that early on i was like fuck man you cannot approach a game like it's none of those as much as you want to hack and slash yeah you can't yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. and um for me I just don't have the time to commit to that. Like yeah. I couldn't, you know, those bosses, some of those bosses to figure them out takes hours, yeah, not one hour, not two hours, yeah. but like, and, and I just don't have the time. Like it would take for now today, especially now when I, you know, uh-huh. uh, I, I just don't have the time. Yeah. How much time do you spend on Madden in a day? Actually, you know, it just depends on the time of the year. I generally play on average. A, a, a one game a day, so that's like an so hour, forty-five, 45 minutes, minutes to an hour a day. Yeah. Okay, so you're not like doing three hours because when, when I when you during s- COVID and during like the <laughs> lockdown, yeah, yes, yeah, sure. No, just, now no. Just because you're like I can't dedicate three to four hours on Elden Ring, and I thought, oh, is it because you're dedicating three to four hours on Madden, I, I, and that's something you're I'd actually you're fucking more invested in. That. I'd really be good in Madden if I was fucking dedicating <laughs> three to four hours. I, I'd be great, I think. Yeah, but no, I okay. I thought you were saying it as a you couldn't you couldn't juggle both. No, it's not that. It's not about juggling. Like yeah. it's just yeah, the amount of time I have committed to a game now, it's just it's 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 hard. Ah, uh, gotcha. And like, if I do have a secondary game uh-huh. or you know a tertiary game, I generally want it to be something that I want to like. I'm gonna have like total enjoyment with. Mm-hmm. I thought I would enjoy Elden Rings, but. There's a lot I of frustration get, that comes with those games. I get what you're saying. And I'm just to that age where, like, you know, I would love to go back to those games. Yeah. And I, like, when it goes on sale for really cheap, probably yeah, buy it yeah. till I can try it. But just, I know right now it's just not. Yeah. Billion. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Is that really it for you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've been playing. So, for me. But you still been, wait, real quick. You still having a great time, though? Yeah, dude. Okay, cool. Fucking awesome. Okay. <laughs> You're like pretty much. I don't have anything else to add yeah. to the conversation. Uh, the only thing I, I, I want to mention is just that once I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. No, once I thought I was done, done opening the map. There's like more shit too. I'm like, how the fuck is this map this <laughs> fucking big? So it's just like, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a it's a massive map. Hey, there was a huge update that changed a lot of things and added some stuff. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There was some sort of update, and some people were like, oh man. Speedrunners now like there's an exploit that speedrunners use to speed through the game and now anymore and now they can't so uh, they're like oh man like exploits I'm, to like build like uh get get like currency stuff yeah well that and I think there was also other things I wasn't sure I wasn't really following it because following it is like to watch it and I didn't want to see anything yeah. um but like hearing what people are saying like it doesn't sound like they're mad it's just like oh they patched this that, that we were exploiting so yeah. now people are finding other ways to get through it but like yeah i was hearing that like now there's little markers on the map for certain things like i guess uh yeah so there's i yeah. think it's the uh like the vendors and stuff the uh-huh. the, the added that i did notice that because okay. it wasn't there before yeah sorry joe continue so I'm on, a, I'm on a, a little bit of a break from madden right now because it's so uh, other than our 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 main league um because it's just happened one league took a break and another league was on there uh they're in the off season so it was i haven't really played i didn't actually haven't really played much madden this last couple of uh this week actually mm-hmm. um did play more of guardians of the galaxy Ooh, and it's fucking great yeah yeah it's a lot of fucking like um music great dialogue has been fantastic mm-hmm. the little choices you have 
you know, when certain parts of the story, you know, I don't even really know if they add up too much, but they're just fun. You know, there, there's little stuff like that. Yeah. Um, enemy selection is just very quirky and it's fucking just makes sense for the game. Yeah. Um, just a lot of the combat dynamics is really cool. Like, uh, the huddling thing is fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how you actually have to pay attention to the shit they're saying while they're huddling to kind of like get a grab, like how do you want to get them, how to motivate them or how uh-huh. to get them going is really, really cool. Uh, yeah, man, like I'm having a ton of fun with that. Uh, it's got a, it puts a smile on my face as I, a smile on my face as I play it. So I'm like, yeah, this is good shit. Like I, I'm, yeah, I'm like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> you know, like, so, um, I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, I'm not, I'm not that far into it though. Cause I've been, uh, exploring kind of, kind of just seeing what else is out there. Yeah. Like going through shit and like looking mm-hmm. at every, you know, so I'm right about to get to, what is it? Lady death something's fortress or whatever that is. Lady Hellmouth. Yeah. I think it's her. Yeah. yeah I think so. I'm about to get there right now. But, like, up to that point, yeah, it's been really, really fucking cool. But, like, the moments of, like, it's fun, but, like, when, like, there's earlier, like, earlier in the game, you're, there's a point where, like, Rocket's telling you his back, a little bit of the backstory about, and, and that you're, you're, I'm, like, listening to him, like, god damn, that's sad. Yeah. Like, some of the, like, they do a really good job of balancing the comedy with some of the seriousness, and, and you're, like, damn, you know, like, the acting, the voice acting is really good. Mm-hmm. Like, really good. And, um, yeah, you know, you know, I, I'm I'm glad to be playing the game now. Like, you know, like I know I didn't get it when it first came up, but now that I'm getting a chance to play it, I'm like, this is really fucking cool. It's probably, I mean, maybe they learned their lesson. Maybe maybe they learned their lesson, or I don't know what happened. But like, man, if Adventures had been like done some of this shit more, it could have been a lot better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so it sucks that Avengers came up first and kind of killed everyone's expectations or. uh you know for the guardians game and then like everything was kind of righted with this and then it was like oh fuck so hopefully more people experience it and you know give it a shot because it's a really good game Mm -hmm. um and i'm going to continue playing it yeah that's definitely like i I got like that's like right away that's like it's a secondary game right now this is the game i'm gonna be playing for a while so i i enjoy it a lot i also downloaded Kentucky Route Zero. I've been hearing about this game for a long yeah, time. Yeah, me too. What is and that? I just see here. It's see the a name. point click style type oh, okay. game. Like it's a it's a story game. Uh huh. Um, it's really weird. Okay. I don't know if it's gonna stick for me. Uh huh. But it's definitely quirky. Um, I think your mileage may vary if you're into that kind of thing. I I could definitely see people being like really into it and like figuring out okay what's the whole idea of the story. Mm-hmm. But it kind of just throws you in the middle of here you go you're a truck driver on trying to unload this this cargo and a bunch of weird shit starts happening you go to different places and it's all fucking weird and quirky and you're just like okay so i mean like i'm not a huge fan of especially in point and click games where it's just like that where you're like it's very just like i don't want to say abstract but it's just like yeah figure it out because it's like okay well I like structure in point and click games. I want to have like a, like tell me what, where to go and give me a good story and stuff like that. And I'm not saying this doesn't have that, but it's very just like figure it out. And I'm already like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah. I mean, not, 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 not to say that it's completely like that. Like yeah. you kind of figure out the pace, but it's like, it's a, it's a very slow pace mm-hmm. in the beginning where I'm like, okay, what am I fucking doing here? So 
I'll give it a. I mean, I'm, I'm not done with it yet, but you know, it looks nice. It's definitely like for what it is and everything like that. It's got the very uh, the art style is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how it goes. You know, give it a little bit more time and see if it gets me. But um, yeah, but that's that's really been it for me, Jesse. So I finally had time to play more Elden Ring. And again, it's just going to be short because I don't have that much to say or add really new to the conversation. But uh, it's great. <laughs> no, but what I'm really enjoying is like exploring the world. Like I got kind of nervous. Like, can I go over here? Yeah. Can I go over there? But I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go over there. And if I can't, I'm going to run. And I think a lot of people forget that. Oh, I could just warp back to a last point that yeah. I was at. But what I really like is just how you see just things happen in the world like there was a carriage like these two giant trolls carrying this carriage and there's like an army of the dead behind it yeah and i was like i could take out i know i'm good i could take out all this army of the dead i don't know if i could take out those fucking trolls though yeah but like what is in there and like i had mentioned that on my stream when i was streaming kirby and someone was just like oh yeah no like you're able to take those out and the trolls aren't that bad, but uh, it's just there's treasure in there. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but it, it was, I just liked the, how the world is and like, I guess world building, but how things were kind of stationed in that world to make it feel alive. Yeah. It's just been really cool. And, and, and yeah, it's nice to see different things when you go out, but fucking giant crab try almost tried to kill me. That shit was crazy. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it, a lot of it is just fun and, Again, I'm not really adding anything new to the conversation, but it's been cool. I still haven't had to, I haven't had that time to really delve deep into it still, but I'm enjoying my little moments with it here and there. But so it's really cool. I played this right before coming over because I heard it was already out and I was like, I got to play it to at least talk about it today. The first batch of racing tracks for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe came out. And I was like, okay, I got to play this right now. I was able to download it since I am part of the expansion pass program. And I, so I was able to download it for free. All new levels. They're actually pretty cool. Yeah. A lot of these are from like, there's like, I think a total of four or three of these levels are from the portable game, the Mario Kart Tour. Oh. So they actually put those in this in this game. And the first, the first, uh, and it, you can have them. There's like different cups, and what's cool is everything's already laid out. All the cups that are coming are laid out. You just don't see what tracks they are. Um, I did the first cup, which was the I think the Mushroom Super Tour. The first one was uh, from the Mario Kart Tour game, and it was a Paris level. And what I liked about that is it's like you know Paris themed, but like in Mario style. But I noticed something. I'm like, okay, I'm going lap one, lap two, last lap. And then the last lap, they're like, okay, now you're going reverse. I'm like, what? It opened, a track opens off to the side and now you're going reversing the track. So I'm going through reversing the track and everyone who's like still behind, I'm like not running into (laughs) them, but they're still there. And I'm like, whoa, this changed everything completely. And it seemed kind of cool. You're basically doing a mirror mode of the last lap. And I thought that was pretty cool and unique. Nothing I experienced yet in Mario. And then I've noticed with the rest of the Mario Kart Tour tracks, uh, there was one that every time you did three laps, it changed. It opened up different directions on each one. So every lap was a different looking and different feeling. So like, you know how when you're racing in a Mario Kart game, you're used to a lap. So, okay, I got to remember, I got to do this right turn and then my left turn. And then, oh, I could do the shortcut. Every lap was different. So... 
that was really cool. And then there was, you know, levels from Nintendo 64, Game Boy Advance, and a lot of them, like, I don't remember a lot of these. Like, these these weren't, like, the... I don't think they're the fan favorite levels. Yeah. But because I've not... I've played all pretty much all the Mario Kart games. These were not familiar, but then it made everything feel new. Yeah. So that's what was really cool about going through all these. I mean, you got 48... Uh, courses to fill so they're gonna that, put some shit you yeah. don't even remember but, the, but that's what's cool is cause then it just all feels new to me but uh I felt like they did a really good job it looked really nice and they had one unique uh stage or not stage but they had one unique track that I think was brand new because it didn't say anything like oh this is from the Wii or the N64 or GameCube and that one was multi-leveled like I think it was like a god what kind of can't really explain what kind of level it was. I don't know. It was a multi-level. It was really unique, but very confusing. But it was really nice. If you have the expansion pass, you get those levels for free. If not, you can buy the whole thing, all courses for 25 bucks to get the whole pass. So you either pay for it, or if you have the expansion pass, you get it for free. But as something added on, it just shows how many extra courses are going to be. It's basically doubling what Mario Kart 8 Deluxe already had with more. And it's all added on, so that's really cool. I recommend it. And I'm almost done with my uh, Kirby playthrough streaming of all the Kirby games. I got two more left. I recently playing Kirby's Return to Dreamland on the Wii, and it's been fun. And I got one more, and I'm done until next week when Kirby and the Forgotten Land comes out. But that's pretty much it. That's all I've been playing. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. So see you in a bit. Hello, you're listening to 3PC News with your hosts, Jesse Lira, Robert Esparza, and Joe Ramirez. Supermassive Games has revealed The Quarry, a spiritual successor to Until Dawn, launching on June 10th. As with Until Dawn, the cast is made up of a number of recognizable actors. The Quarry is a teen horror where players control nine different characters as they try to survive the last night of summer camp and like Until Dawn, anyone can live and anyone can die. Supermassive promises groundbreaking interactive storytelling and an unpredictable night of horror with plenty of flirting and fear as relationships between characters are built and broken through intense player-based choices. Director Royal Biles told IGN that each character has 10 to 12 different potential deaths. He said the quarry is like a circular story and each one of these characters is a spoke heading towards the middle meaning any of those spokes can be broken without affecting the rest of the narrative. An early death for each character will result in roughly 7 hours of gameplay, but Biles estimated that most playthroughs will last around 10 hours. He said the quarry is very replayable though, as at the end of each playthrough players are given different cards depicting the conclusion of each character. There are 187 of these collectible cards in the total, offering completionists a reason to explore every inch of the quarry branching story. The game can also be played in co-op, both locally and or online. The former lets each player pick a counselor to control, while online play lets other users watch the playthrough and vote on each decision. Allowing people to play together is something Supermasses wanted to implement following the popularity of Until Dawn, Biles explained. That was almost like a game movie experience 
and we are definitely wanting to keep that going, he said. We weren't aware quite how social it got with other people sitting down. The game can even be played at an almost movie-like experience with very little interaction, attesting to its various movie influence. Continuing the Hollywood theme, it also features a star-studded cast including Scream's David Arquette, Modern Family's Ariel Winter, Detective Pikachu's Justice Smith, The Social Network's Brenda Song, Aliens' Lance Henriksen, and A Nightmare on Elm Street's Lynn Shay. Players can see them all in action when the quarry arrives on PlayStation 4, PS5, Xbox Series N1, and PC via Steam this summer. Gentlemen, what do you think of the quarry? I saw that uh, when you sent it over to us, and I watched it, and I first, I was like, it looks fucking cool, man. Uh-huh. Like it looks like a like the legitimate spiritual successor to Until Dawn. Yeah. Like I know Supermassive Games did the trilogy of games. I played one of them. Just didn't like they were. It was okay. I never fit. I'll eventually go back and play them because I do want to give them like an opportunity, but yeah. it just, they didn't feel like the real like successor, you know, mm-hmm. they were smaller. They just, whatever they're smaller in scope. Um, but watching that trailer, I was like, it definitely got me excited and I want to play it. Um, it looks like it could be, it could be the, uh, that, that specific, next step or after until dawn so like i hope it is and a lot of that voice acting cast is really good you know like they picked a really good cast yeah yeah they did a good job with until dawn when you think about it you know yeah, like all yeah. the people say god damn this is really good so i uh, you know this looks like it could be really really cool i hope it is Beto? I, I didn't get to see the 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 link you sent us but i mean i love until dawn so I, yeah i'm hoping that it's it's just as good if not better than uh than until dawn because this show was it was a lot of fun and i it's still fresh in my memory, so I'm not sure if it's going to be like any references to it, or is it going to be like based on a different time? I think it is, and yeah. I think it's at the same time, I think Sony owns Until Dawn, so I don't think, I think it's one of those things oh, where they okay. couldn't, maybe. Maybe yeah, there might be some good. nods to it, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong, but. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's it's if it's something similar to a Until Dawn, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I feel the same way as Joe. Like I loved Until Dawn, uh, the Dark Pictures ones. I never even played, so but it just didn't seem like anything yeah. I was interested in. You know, like it didn't feel like what the successor to Until Dawn. And then some of the the reviews or criticisms on it was just like, ah, I don't need to play this now. And I kind of hope. I was thinking maybe they might gather everything together that they've done and like release it as one single pack. Then I was like, oh, that's more appealing to me. But yeah, when I saw. It, the quarry and I was just like what is this I heard some rumblings about it I didn't know like I was like super massive game sounds familiar <laughs> and then I just played the trailer and I watched it and I'm like what what yeah. and I'm like oh shit um I know you didn't watch the trailer but though but there's a lot of celebrities in this but the one that stood out not David Arquette and I like David Arquette uh but there was a moment where I was like is that fucking Ted Raimi <laughs> Is that Ted Raimi? And it was. Yeah. It was. I yeah. I saw that. And, and I was like, oh, cause dude, I, I love horror. I hated it when I was a kid. Yeah. Like I was so scared, but there was just a moment where I really got into it and I just love horror movies in general. And I got into stuff like Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army yeah. of Darkness, like all the Sam Raimi stuff. I dude, I even like saw Sam Raimi shit that some people who call themselves Sam Raimi fans haven't watched. Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Yeah. No one watches that shit. But it was always cool to see Ted Raimi and all of Sam's stuff. Yeah. 
because that one, it's Sam's brother. But um, I always loved that hit. Like Sam, Sam Raimi would always say he would always torture his brother because he could. <laughs> <laughs> so like anything is like, oh yeah, that's his, that's him in that costume as a witch. And like, yeah, he was there for hours. He just kept him up there on purpose, like to <laughs> fuck with his brother. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited and it's coming out soon. And I think something like this, them keeping it a secret for a very long time and saying like it's coming out June, I think that that sells it better than if it was part of a state of play or a, a yeah. Nintendo Direct. You know, like, it wouldn't be a part of a Nintendo Direct. But I think it doesn't get lost in the, comes in the out, sea of information. Comes out during my birthday month. So that means Joe's gonna live stream it from his PS5 on his Twitch account. Huracan Ramirez. You should you do that, right? Huh? You should do it. Uh, if you guys buy it for me for my birthday. <laughs> I don't know. We'll get we'll get him the Switch version. We'll get you. Oh, we'll it's coming get you for Switch. Steam, no, oh, we'll get you a ahead. Steam code. I I don't have a computer. We'll get you a Steam code. <laughs> I hope it's good. That's all. That's I think that's all we can really hope for is like hope it's good. Someone told me like, are you gonna stream until dawn uh, before it comes out? And I'm like, you know what? I will. <laughs> I'm going to because yeah. I just realized. I have never really played until dawn. Oh yeah, you saw. You I just play. watched my niece play it, yeah. and that was like a really good experience because I was like, if I ever get caught in a horror situation, and my niece is there, I'm gonna die because she's gonna <laughs> choose the wrong. Yeah. She's gonna make me die. But um, yeah, no. Excited. Elden Ring is off to an incredibly strong start as it has already sold 12 million copies worldwide since its February 25th release date. From Software and Bandai Namco shared the news in a press release stating that Elden Ring has sold more than 1 million copies in Japan alone and 12 million copies worldwide as of March 14th, 2022. These sales are derived from distribution figures of package versions and sales figures of downloadable versions. It's astonishing to see just how many people have been playing Elden Ring from software president and CEO director Hidedaki Miyazaki said, I'd like to extend my heartfelt thanks on behalf of the entire development team. Elden Ring is based on a mythological story written by George R.R. Martin. We hope players enjoy a high level of freedom when adventuring through its vast world, exploring its many secrets and facing up to its many threats. Thank you for your continued support. For comparison, Sekiro, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice from Software's previous game sold 2 million copies in 10 days. Bloodborne, which was only released on PS4, sold 1 million copies within 2 weeks of its launch back in 2015. Not surprised. Mm -hmm. A lot of hype behind it. Yeah. You know, it, Perfect Storm, this was the follow-up game. This is their, their big thing. They're, they're hitting, you know, they're, they're kind of on fire right now, so not surprised at all. Yeah, same. I mean, especially like right now, there's there's not a lot coming out or not a lot came out at that time. So mm -hmm. it's fucking, it's yeah, like the time to perfect it towards just like, it's, it's the, pretty much the only thing out that people are fucking buying it. And like the fucking word of mouth also got, got huge about it too. I think the word of mouth mm -hmm. as, as well really charged people to like really get this. Like, yeah, there's nothing that's out, but I think a lot of times a lot of people are just like, well, I'll just keep playing Fortnite or Call of Duty Warzone or whatever. But like, I think a good amount of people were, really itching to play this and from the announcement a long time ago to like the buildup of it i think how things how they marketed elden ring was perfect yeah 
You know, there is that part of mystery. And I wonder how much uh, George R.R. R. Martin's name to it really added to that, too, you know? Yeah. But it's well-deserved. Yeah. And, and oh, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's been out almost a month. I'm like, fuck, that's all I've been playing for a month. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> In another blow to an already uncertain summer event season, IGN has revealed that EA will not be hosting its traditional EA Play event this year. Instead, the publishing, the publishing giant will be revealing more about its projects when the time is right for each of them. An EA representative shared the following statement with IGN. We love EA Play Live as it's our way of connecting with our players and sharing what's new with all of you. However, this year, things aren't lining up to show you everything on one date. We have exciting things happening at our world-class studios, and this year we'll reveal much more about these projects when the time is right for each of them. We look forward to spending time with you throughout the year. EA has traditionally hosted a press conference on broadcasts in tandem with June's E3 event. Beginning in 2016, EA turned the press conference into a live event called EA Play, where fans could try the publisher's upcoming lineup of games. Last year, the COVID-19 pandemic forced EA to shift to a streaming format. What do you guys think? We don't have anything to show you guys yet. <laughs> I, at the same time, I was thinking this. Like, every time we would talk, even when we talked about the EA Play stuff, I would tell you guys every time, every time, I'm like, I know there's an audience for it. I know there's people that play Madden FIFA, but do people care to find out stuff about it? Nah, you, know? you can do that directly. They have their avenues to, dir- yeah. you know, to give that to people directly now. Yeah. I mean, it's I think it's a better approach to do that because I mean, I, honestly, I haven't played the FIFA games in a long time, and I really don't care to play them. All I really care about is like, I mean, even I, I want to see what they do with Madden, but I'm really not. I'm not like I'm not very hopeful for but what they're gonna do. We we already get that a specific way, so yeah. then it's like, what do you need to change that for? It's like, yeah. hey, we give you these updates on the game, we tell you what's happening, but like, tune in over here yeah. to hear more. You're like, no, just keep fucking doing it the way you do it. There's no point. Yeah, if you're a Madden uh, fan, you you know where to go for this stuff. Yeah, so it's like it really doesn't make sense. If, yeah, if they don't really have a whole lot of stuff, or you know, even if they just don't want to be a part of it anymore, like yeah. they don't want to run, you know, everything has moved and been geared up uh, geared upon now to you know you can deliver news or information you know how you want yeah so you're now no longer you know like forced to do it when a show or something comes up so Mm -hmm. it makes sense i think a lot of now you bringing that up joe even with the quarry like i said i think it works that they announce it it's out soon and it doesn't get muddled in in a presentation. And you have companies like PlayStation does their state of play. Nintendo does their Nintendo Directs. Uh, I think Xbox does their inside Xbox. But all, all these avenues, just like you said, Joe, anyone, any developer has a way to advertise their game anytime they want. But I think now, too, because of that, stuff like EA, not that it's not important, but it's not really necessary. And then it forces a lot of companies to like, okay, now we got to focus on what we're, how we're going to present this. So time is taken away from the game they're working on, resources, etc. But even with stuff like State of Play, even with stuff like Nintendo Directs, Inside Xbox, I think that can also be a negative if you're a part of it too. Because sometimes people will look at a presentation 
like a state of play, like this most recent one. Everything as a whole, oh, that was that was worthless. There wasn't stuff in there for me. And then you have other people going, it had everything for me. Or you have other people be like, oh, this is great. I like this coming out of it, this coming out of it. I wonder how much it also, if there is a shining game from it, I think it rises from a bad presentation, but I think it also gets lost in a bad presentation because then people ignore it. So I think it, it goes both ways. But I think um, the summer summer events, EA Play, I don't think EA Play was ever favorable, though. No. You know, I think a lot of people it's were just like... It's like the eh. Ubisoft pro- fucking thing it, 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 during E3. And look, I could have told you... Okay, if EA, It was okay. downright cringy at times. Yeah. Not, oh, not, yeah. not the last few years, but like whenever they did the sports shit, yeah, it was the, real... They'd bring uh-huh. someone on, a celebrity or a sports figure, and it just, it wasn't fucking cool. So I, I would be, I'm, I'm okay with this, right? We know who did the good shows. It was always the, con- the, 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 the big console makers. Uh, Bethesda generally rolled out a cool show. Yeah. You know, regardless of, you know, whether the, the game they ended up showing was finished or not, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, Devolver Digital show has always been cool. Yeah. You know the shoes yeah. the shows that are generally pretty cool or mm-hmm. the conferences that are gonna be fucking pretty cool. And I feel like like Beth was saying, like like Ubisoft, EA's was never on that list. Yeah, 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 they would show shit. You know what I mean? But like they've got such a bad reputation with a lot of their shit being good that I keep why does it matter? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you're just gonna show something that's gonna be crappy. Or, or it's gonna end up releasing crappy. So I could tell you how EA play was gonna be. Like every other EA play it would start off. And be like, hey, here at Remedy Studios, we love Star Wars. Look at everyone working on something that we can't show you. Look at how they have Star Wars toys on their desks. Look at how they're dressed. They have Look Star at Star Wars shit. Yeah, they have Star Wars stuff. This presentation. They're drinking blue milk. We're not showing you a Star Wars game. We're just showing you how excited we are to work on a Star Wars game. And they did that with the EA Skate, too. Like uh, yeah. EA did. Yeah. They're like, Look. They're they're showing uh, EA Skate Four stuff and then just like but we can't show you. It's <laughs> so stupid. Like pretty much a lot of it would be like, hey, we're working on stuff. Yeah, we're talking to you about it, but we're not showing you anything. But it's probably four years away. But we're working on something, yeah. whether it's Star Wars, Avatar, Skate, Skate Two, Skate Three, Tony Hawk, it's part of Activision. It was just that, and then FIFA, Madden, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Be excited. But I don't think we're losing anything by not having them. No. Not at all. Sony's newly released Gran Turismo 7 has been essentially unplayable for almost 24 hours as an ongoing server maintenance continues to prevent GT7 owners from accessing the game. The problem has been reportedly pinned to an issue relating to the most recent patch, but there has been no further update from the Gran Turismo team in the past 16 hours and the game remains offline. Unfortunately, despite its heavy single-player focus, Gran Turismo 7 requires an always online internet connection to play. With the server unavailable, players are unable to access their personal saves in garages and cannot race, hot lap, participate in licensed events, or even customize their cars. Only two modes are available in GT7 when the game is offline, an arcade mode with a tiny selection of cars, and the eccentric and very limited music rally mode. This extended server outage comes in the wake of a heavy player criticism of the latest update for a range of noticeable reductions in the amount of credit rewarded for specific races. 
Gran Turismo 7 is playable again after server maintenance took the game offline for more than a day, developer Polygon Digital said in a blog post. It is Sue with updates to 1.07, which was due to release on March 17th, could potentially damage players' save data. Instead of releasing the patch and potentially deleting players' progression, Polyphony Digital instead opted to keep the game offline while it developed a fix for the problem. Updates to 1.08 is now available and servers are back online, meaning players can return to racing in Gran Turismo 7. I'm going to say this. I would use a quote. It's like a should quote for all y'all. Tired of the directors being all up in the producer, being all <laughs> up in the video. Tired of racing game not working. Come on over to Death Row, a.k.a. Forza Horizon 5, where shit fucking works. Day one. What do you mean? Like- I, I'm sorry. It's a fucking huge game. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why, and I know we said we said that about a lot of shit. This is not the only thing, but I mean, it's fucking Gran Turismo. You can't tell me that you can't get it to fucking work, you know? Like, I, I think the biggest deal out of this whole thing is online DRM in, in, in a way, like a single player game, you have to check online. That shouldn't happen. Sure. What should happen is my oh, playing online with other players, I can't access, but I could I could play everything that's a single you player game. You think which right? that game is a single player game? I think this this shows that regardless, people who do whatever company does it, where it's like you can't access your single player mm-hmm. content if you're not signed online. That's bullshit. You should it shouldn't be that way, and and I think this should be taken, like they should like people are pissed. And, 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 and for good reason, this right? Is, this should be something where it gets out of hand, meaning it should be a big thing where this shouldn't happen at all. At all. This has already been seen before, too. You know, like in, in, in different ways. This is why I am very skeptical at, skeptical at times from Eastern developers when they create things they, because they just, a lot of the shit they use is like, yeah, it's not working. Mm-hmm. Have you not seen the mistakes the Western developers have already done? Like I already made, they've already yeah, done yeah. that. Yeah. And then they go and do this, you know, like, listen, Where you do that? they're already going down the drive club, fucking drive. the drive come start. Right. Mm-hmm. And drive club at the end of the day was a fucking pretty goddamn good racing game. Yeah. But because of how that that um, the opening, everything in the beginning of that uh, of it, you know, people fucking gave up on it. This is Gran Turismo, and now you're running into the same kind of fucking scenario where like you you you, you this game is unplayable. Day one, and again, look, I make no no apologies for this. I love fucking Forza Horizon Five, mm. and I like Hor- Forza Horza. I was gonna say Forza. <laughs> I like Forza in general. Yeah, I'm not a huge gearhead, like I'm uh-huh. not, but I liked the racing. Even the one that was fucking crammed with with a, a microtransaction. I think it was five or six. The uh, the actual Ford series that bogged shit down played great, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't have any issues connecting. You know, yeah. Forza Horizon Five. I was I fucking downloaded and I was able to go into the world and race day yeah. one. Yeah, and that shit means a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. You know. Um, so yeah, that's not a good start for Gran Turismo at all. 
I already, you know, and especially for a series. Wait, but you're saying it worked on day one. Gran Turismo worked on day one. It was just this maintenance they, thing they did. People weren't Still, able to play should, day one. It shouldn't be a thing. No, 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 you know yeah, what yeah, I'm saying? But like, but, but when saying, you have a maintenance issue, though. No, I, I agree. But what I'm saying is you're saying day one. It's like, well, Gran Turismo did work day okay. one. This, this is just something like week three. I, this shouldn't happen. Yeah. This, that's what I'm saying. This shouldn't happen. But also like maintenance updates or stuff like that. Doesn't it just work at like. They do it like overnight or something. At something like that, yeah. yeah it's shit like that should be happen. Hours, and and it's not the only game. I yeah. get granted, it's not the only game that's ever happened to. But it's like it's that thing where it's like, man, that really shouldn't fucking yeah. happen. No, no, and no. It really shouldn't. People it sours. Th- it d- regardless mm-hmm. whether it is day one or or d- week three, it sours this for a lot of people, and it yeah. makes people go, wait, what, what? I can't. From, wait, from, so if my internet doesn't work, I can't play this fucking game from the beginning. Just hearing about a lot of the stuff that was in G- Gran Turismo Seven, yeah, you know, and a lot of us, and I understand, yeah. there there are Gran Turismo purists, and they love it. Mm-hmm. I get it, but like the more I heard about it, I was already like, yeah, you know, I'm seeing this shit, and I'm just like, nothing that you're doing with this game, and Gran different style of game, mm-hmm. but nothing that you're really doing with this game is like, makes me like be like, man, I'd rather play this over Forza, or mm-hmm. Front Horizon. You know, what I mean, it. it you know, and I feel a lot of people who casual wise, maybe not the hardcore races, but they're the same way. So when yeah. you have something like this happen, it's just like, oh, fuck, yeah, I don't want to fucking play that. Mm-hmm. You know, newest cars are, you know, like from a specific year and that's it. And everything else going to be DLC. Just a lot of the select, you know, shit like that. It just it, it affects people. It affects their ability, their 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 um, desire to enjoyment and desire to want to fucking continue playing this kind yeah. of shit, you know, and. Yeah. You know, from the beginning, I looked at at a uh, at GT Seven, and I was like, "Do we really need another one?" Yes, <laughs> yes, guess. Joe, we do. So I mean, like, yeah, you know, I mean, hopefully it fixes. Hopefully it gets all squared away, and you know, the game can. Well, you yeah, know. It, it's it's fine now, but I think what comes out of this is that shouldn't have online. I get it. If their online shit isn't working. Mm-hmm. Fine, but if I can't access no way my should a game ever. Yeah, that's that's a fucking no no. Any man. game, any game. This so, was shit that was ten years ago yeah. that people were fucking doing. So that's why I don't understand how it. And that's why I I have a hard time having faith in Eastern developers when it comes to this shit because it's like you've. I, seen honestly, it. I don't even think it's just Eastern dev- developers. I'm saying developers abroad. Any game that you own. Whether you download it, whether you have it on disc or anything, what I'm saying is if my internet doesn't work, okay, the online features for that particular game shouldn't work because that makes sense if my internet is down, if Spectrum is down or whatever. But if I can't play a single player game that doesn't need to be accessed online, it should work. It shouldn't not work. That's basically online and DRM. I, I, I don't agree with it, but I get when you, when you push the... It's a, it's a service, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, Call of Duty or these other games, anything basically with a ranking system or with anything that is, uh-huh. you know, it's a service, so it's down right now. Yada yada. I don't fucking care, whatever. But we're talking about a fucking racing game. Yeah. No, I know. There's no reason why you shouldn't have be able to play it fucking offline and just be like, yeah, I'm just playing. Hundred percent. I wonder what like the the drop off like uh, in like users is, is when that should happen. Like it's like a. Like you, some people uh, are just gonna be like, "Oh fuck this! I don't do this bullshit that like that this game has to be online." 
But there's like other people that are like, oh, I'm just not gonna uh, like forget to go back to it or just don't really have a desire to go back to it. Honestly, I've said I've wanted to get this game, but when it drops in price, right? Yeah. I was gonna get this game when it dropped. I wasn't gonna pay the full price mm-hmm. just because I don't. I know my. I know me. I don't need to play it right now. Yeah. Right. But let's say I was like, you know what? Next paycheck. Next week, I'm gonna get. I wanna get it. I wanna get it. I really wanna play it. But hearing this, I'd be like, okay, now nah, I'm really waiting. Yeah. Like I am really waiting. Yeah. Cause it just sour, it sours everything, man. Yeah. It fucking sucks. It's fucking stupid. I don't know. I'm sorry. Like, uh, awkward. Yeah, but like in general, like, I think people have to be vocal about this and really get pissed off, because it should show other developers, like, yeah, you know, like just in general, if your game, does, if the online features, if the online's off or a maintenance thing happens, cool, but they could still play their game, single player shit. Right? Online stuff, that makes sense. Of course you can't connect. Servers are being worked on, whatever. Fucking bullshit. All news and articles are from publications like IGN, Gotaku, Destructoid, Engadget, GameSpot, and Polygon. You've been listening to 3PC News. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. So, gentlemen, for this week, the main topic, I actually didn't know what I was going to talk about. I didn't know what the main topic was going to be, but we had such a great conversation about Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon. I loved hearing you guys talk about him. It, it warmed my heart, and we're sharing memories of this amazing wrestler who will live on forever. It hit me when it happened. Talking about Razor Ramon. Who are the bad guys, the biggest bad guys in video games? So in honor of Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, who are, to you guys, some of the best bad guys in video games? I'll start us off. Okay. Um, Razor Ramon, because he was in wrestling games. (laughs) Whoa, I got it. No. um, One of the first ones I can think of. <laughs> Glados. Glados is a fucking oh, great shit. bad bad guy, yeah. girl, bad it, bad thing, AI, whatever you want to call it. It's fantastic. It was really good in a portal. Um and that's always one that I will remember. Like that antagonistic role that it did so well. So that's one for me. I mean even with the sequel, Wesley was it Wesley? He Steven Merchant was fucking really good too. Yeah. It was a combination of both, wasn't it? That one, that kind of. I don't remember. I remember the first one was uh, was Glados. Yeah, yeah, was, and the uh, second one, but the second one, uh, Steven Merchant. Steven Merchant, he, you, he was with you for part of it, and then he took over at the second yeah. half of it. I got another one. Do it. It was a fucking good one. Uh, the senator from fucking uh, <laughs> oh, Metal Gear shit. Rising: Revenge. That was yeah, fucking. Yeah. You know, 
granted, I had a shitload of time fucking with them, but just in general, <laughs> no, 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 it was a pretty don't. fucking insane fucking bad last don't, like bad guy. Like that's crazy. Don't fucking sugarcoat it. What happened, Joe? I had a fucking hard time beating him <laughs> for whatever reason. But just beyond that, it was such a batshit insane yeah. fucking yeah. final boss yeah. and like that bad guy, and you're like, that's fucking crazy. That was pretty cool. I cannot fight him without thinking of you because it took you so long to beat him. Yeah. Don't know why. Just did. Just yeah. one of those things. He was great. You know what? Going throughout the years, especially in wrestling, you have the face, you have the heel, right? What is the bad guy, the heel? What's the best thing about the heel in wrestling? What is the main thing? Why do people love the heel? Uh, I don't know if they love him. It's more like they. Or why do people like the heel? I don't know. Like, like it feels like, uh, for me, what makes a uh, at least a good heel is their ability to fucking piss off the crowd. That's what I I love. Like you see Roddy Roddy Piper, he was a fucking asshole. Like he would he would do anything, pretty much anything, to get a to get the crowd against him. And then that's that's what I I love about like what makes a good heel is just them their ability to fucking just be be the fucking biggest fucking prick they can be. I mean, it feels like, yeah, yeah, at least back then, it's, it felt like they, they kind of had no no real limit to what they could do. They mm-hmm. could say, like, some fucking really mean shit, some racist shit. And it's just like, it, it, as long as they got the crowd against them, that their, their job was done. Before it became uh, a copy and paste game, you know, and with enemies and just styles and then, like, like uh, stuff... The I can't remember his name, but the main antagonist uh, from Far Cry Three was really fucking good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What was his name? Really fucking good. I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but he was really good. Uh, too good, unfortunately, because every game afterwards they just try to fucking recreate it uh, with whether it's with a a new one or an actor. You know, the last one was uh, I think it was Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, and I was like, hey, he's a great actor, but I'm like, you're just trying to look for the same thing. And it was done really well. And, far, you know, Far Cry 3 was a fucking great game. Um, so that was one, you know, underrated, just a really good, unredeemable, just a bad dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, great role, you know, great, great bad guy. Uh, well, I think you'd agree with me. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Madden. <laughs> fucking asshole. With his uh, scrambling and then cross cross body throws that are 100% accurate like 80 yards he's basically a boss character (laughs) in the form of a quarterback that just you know cross cross body on the run 60 yards no problem so yeah he's another one um Uh, I'd say um that little asshole isn't Eric Sparrow from from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater oh and yeah underground right yeah oh yeah, yeah underground sorry that guy was a little fucking bitch. Yeah, that was a really good. <laughs> at the end, it was nice to give him his fucking comeuppance. Yeah, so he was. He, I'd, I'd say he was one of them because like I, I remember. I feel like that was one of the first games where I was like, because oh, he was your really, friend yeah. and he double crossed uh, you. And I fucking really, he's just a, a fucking little like the, the way he does. He was designed to. He just looks like yeah. very punchable. Which, in a way, that would happen a lot in wrestling. Sometimes it'd be tag team partners and they would yeah. double cross him. Exactly. There is a lot of things, and again, my my knowledge of wrestling is. It's pretty much from, you know, you guys or or friends or family. 
is sometimes the good guy becoming the heel, mm-hmm. becoming becoming the bad. And this character was something where we knew he was bad a long time ago, but we went back in time to see him become the good guy and turn into the bad guy. And that is Big Boss. Big Boss, yeah. Big Boss was a character that was good in a sense, but you saw that decline into being who he ends up becoming at the end. And a lot of people overlook a lot of who, how Big Boss transitions because you learn to understand where his mindset comes from to where you don't know when you're playing Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain that we're already, this is Big Boss. You really have to look at and realize that, yeah, he's already the bad guy. He's taking people against their will to join what he's doing. He's selfish in many other ways. And in a sense, people are already saying he's tr- he's starting to already turn into who he becomes at the end, which is Big Boss. And with that twist, you end up becoming the bad guy, yeah. technically, in, in that form. But Big Boss, you're at, in Phantom Pain, you are already the bad guy. You just don't know it. Yeah. And it builds from, and, and it's right there playing as they, even though you already know because in Metal Gear Solid, he's the bad guy, Big yeah. Boss. You don't know where that change happens because you're already familiar and understand where he's coming from. So yeah. you're living the part of the bad guy, not knowing you're the bad guy yet. Because what you think is the right thing is actually the wrong thing. I mean, you can say any bad guy, really. Any, I'm sorry, any bad guy in a Metal Gear video game that's like fucking awesome. Because they're all, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a bad one. No, all, no, bad guy. Fucking, no, yeah, a bad, a bad, e- bad guy. Even if someone were to be like this bad guy in a Metal Gear sucks, it's like no, Fat Man is the fucking <laughs> shit. Yeah, no, he is. He was scary. He was fucking scary, <laughs> and his backstory was fucked up. Yeah. He just wanted to be the best at fucking demolition. He killed Stedman. Killed Stillman. <laughs> I like saying Stedman. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, Stedman. Um, yeah, I mean, like I could go on and keep talking about Metal Gear, uh, bad guys, but. Liquid Snake, Revolver Ocelot, Vamp. I mean, the obvious ones. Bowser. I mean, so it's an iconic one, but but yeah, I don't know. I can't think of one. One that's actually like, oh man, this guy's a fucking dick. Like the like that uh, kid from Tony Hawk. I got one. One of the best bad guys in video games comes for the Resident Evil series. This is a bad guy. That strikes fear in the hearts of all RE fans. The fucking giant rock in Resident <laughs> Evil 5 is the worst bad guy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Albert Wesker. Yeah. From like the his introduction to Resident Evil to him still being alive. <gasps> Shocker. In Code Veronica and revealing himself. Taking over Jill and Resident Evil 5. Controlling, him, controlling her and dying. Maybe? He's probably still alive. We don't know. In Resident Evil 5, probably not my least favorite one, but not as bad as Resident Evil 6. Uh, Wesker just had that, like, he was probably a, <laughs> he was basically a wrestler. His, 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 his tone, the way he spoke, you know, how he was just kind of evil and like, just his moniker had that, that feeling and that ambiance of like how wrestlers kind of performed in front of their audience, you know? It was a good one. Oh, from Far, 
The character's name from Far Cry 3 was Vaz Montenegro. I would also say some of the other, the best, probably bad guy in a series. The most iconic, because when he was revealed a while ago in a game, people lost their shit. Probably Joe's and Bethel's favorite series, Final Fantasy VII, Sephiroth. Probably the the most iconic when it comes to the popularity of Final Fantasy villain out there, the most diabolical character Sephiroth Final Fantasy 7 I mean you guys agree with me right he's uh, I guess a bad guy I don't even know who that is yes you do he's so fucking emo dude I mean he's basically you're talking about cloud he's he's emo too it's like the well look he found out that he was created you know, he, he was created in the lab. His mother was experimented on. Then he found okay? out that Hojo was Jenova his father. Then he lost his mind. Space. His mother was experimented on. And, and he's already died because right? there was a part. He loses his mind. I think he's more upset that his dad's name is Hojo. Yeah, but I mean, like, like saying Sephiroth is one of the greatest bad guys of all time is like he saying is! he's like saying Fall Out Boy is one of the greatest rock bands of all time. Okay, don't get me wrong, I like some Fall Out Boy. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Okay, I like some no, of their songs. Look, but I'm never gonna be like you know what they're one of the fucking greatest bands of all time. We already know the gra- we already know the greatest band of all time is Sugar Ray. Okay, the, and their best album is what Joe? The sh- the the best of <laughs> <laughs> the best of album is their best album. <laughs> But Sephiroth is a fantastic villain. I know you guys don't like Final Fantasy, but he's up there, okay? He is up there. He's one of the greatest villains in video game history. Hey, I'm sorry you guys didn't get to play Final Fantasy. I will not disagree about Sugar Ray with you, but I will. I I don't know. I don't know. Because you didn't play it, right? You can't say it. I did play it. No, you didn't. Final Fantasy VII? Yeah. Yeah, I played it. Wait, the new one or the old one? The old one. Back in the day? Yeah. How far did you get? Did you beat the game? I didn't beat the game. Fuck no. I didn't beat the game. How far did you get? Pretty fucking far, I think. Did you really? Yeah, I actually did pretty, what happened, pretty fucking Joe? far. What happened, What happened? Why did I stop playing? Yeah. I just fucking got, I got over it. That's basically Dude, it. and the greatest thing is he fucks with Cloud throughout the whole game. Fucks with his mind. Yeah, he does. Super powerful. He's the best. Dude, if you guys... He is basically the antithesis of what a, a wrestling heel is. Gets in the mind of their opponent, fucks with them. Sephiroth then, is to fucking video game villains. What like? I was gonna say the Miz is to wrestling villains, <laughs> but like that's an insult because the, the Miz. Miz I don't give a what a fucking. I don't care what other people think. Like the supposedly hardcores don't like Miz, but I'm like the Miz actually fucking during his shit. He's yeah. he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. I mean, you know, in 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 when he's, when he's in his character, he's fucking. He does his job really well. Sephiroth is still cool though. Miz is better than Seth Roth. <laughs> Seth Roth. Seth Roth. Seth Rollins. <laughs> Any other any other bad guys? Bobby Kotek. <laughs> I was gonna say David Cage is the Yes. <laughs> Bubba Hotep. <laughs> uh, Tom Nook. <laughs> yeah, fuck Tom Nook. <laughs> I keep seeing his name <laughs> pop up on these fucking lists. That's the only reason I said it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? You know what? I, I it was funny that you brought up Tom Nook because I was watching something where it became like a meme to talk about how evil he was and he tries to hold this like like you have to pay for this and you have to pay off your house 
But then people people contradict shit. Like some people say, like, "Oh, he's fucked up. Tom Nook is is a piece of shit. He charges you for shit. He makes you pay for stuff." But some people have pointed out that he actually doesn't give you like he's not like, "Hey, you have to finish paying this off in a month." Like he doesn't force it on you. You can pay it off in your leisure. And then some people also say that, "Oh, like his his nephews, right? His nephews. He puts them to work in the in the Nook Inc. and then he forces child labor on them." And I guess the back, the true backstory to Tom Nook is those aren't actually his nephews. Those were abandoned kids that he adopted and he was just like, oh, I'm to work. <laughs> no, he took care of them. Like he, he like, and they get to run the shop. Honestly, he has nothing to do with it. They own it. They get to run it anyway. It's legit. The story, they get to run it. They get to take care of it. But why is he making me pay for everybody? The fucking bridge that everybody uses. That is bullshit, yeah. but like, at the same time, he's not saying you have a week to pay this off. Anything in that game, he's not forcing you. It's not like you have to... You either do it in a year or you're out of here, bitch. Which is true, right? No. You know who I see keep popping up on these lists that I disagree with, that I feel like is, is an overrated villain? What? Uh, and I like this game a lot. Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. I feel like there's an overrated one. It's, it's. I don't. I don't feel like it deserves to be on that list because he doesn't. You, it, that's the twist. Is like he can You kill him, right? Sure, but I mean, still, like, just in general, Spoilers. like, even even, even without that, I just like the whole. It's like it's a cool character. It's a it's a guiding character, but like, it's not that big of a deal. I don't know. Like to me, it was like, eh. I see that pop up. I've seen it pop up a couple on a couple lists, and I'm like, eh. oh, I agree. Uh, greatest villain, one of the greatest Nintendo villains of of all time is the handling in F Zero X. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is our little uh, some of our favorite villains in video games. Bad guys, our favorite bad guys in video games. Well, that's gonna be it for this week. If you want to send us any questions, comments, or concerns, you can send it to us at thirdpartycontrolpodcast at gmail.com or our Instagram at thirdpartycontrolpodcast. Remember, it's Third Party Controller Podcast with a 3RD. Thanks for listening. I am your host, Jesse P.S. Libra with the bad guy, Beto Esparza. And. You fucking asshole. Uh, Joe Ramirez. The fucking asshole, Joe Ramirez. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and we may not be as good as everyone else, but we kind of get the job done. Later. Peace. want to make a great wrestler even better this is how you can change my attributes for super nintendo hit y-a-l and for sega it's a-c-l the bad guy recommends some of these moves to help you finish your opponents when you are controlling an opponent in a lockup you can really do some damage man with a fallaway slam for super nintendo hit a for Sega, hit C. How about this one, Chico? When you're on the mat, 
pinning your opponent to keep him pinned, for Super Nintendo, hit B-A-X. Or what? For Sega, hit A-B-C or B-C. Yo, chico, here's a secret tip from the bad guy. When you are pinned to try and kick out for Super Nintendo and Sega, just hit any key. For my signature move, the Razor's Edge, when your opponent is low on energy, lock up and press R for Super Nintendo and AB for Sega. And chicos, the bad guy's mega move, the backflip elbow drop, oh man, nobody gets up from that one.